What is up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Uh, it is I, Chris Watkins. It is he, Frankie Cardicelli. And this week, it is three, Jason Ross. What? what? The very Jason Ross in the flesh. Jason, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? Pretty good. I mean, we we finally hit the break. Uh, I think it's uh, everybody's kind of needed it. I think the I players definitely needed it. I think <laughs> us who have had to uh, watch every single Kings game the first half of this season definitely need a break. Uh, it's nice. It's going to be nice to have a week off. I got a tattoo with two minutes to go of the Charlotte game. Anything wrong with this tattoo that says <laughs> Kings win? Is that wrong? Yeah. Did, did I miss? Did I miss something? It's uh, what does it say? Does it say uh, March fourth champions yeah. of the M- Kings March- win forever? Or February twenty eighth? Yeah. It's- they own Lamelo Ball. No. Okay, maybe not. No, that game uh, is not tattooed on myself. It's tattooed <laughs> it's in my tattooed, brain. I was just yes. about to say it is tattooed in my same, memory. Same brain, probably life. for the rest of my life. That uh, the Brooklyn game from like I mean the notorious Brooklyn game for what was that two years ago at this point. Um, it's really a reverse of the uh, of the T Wolves game last year where. I think they showed the highlight on uh, on the broadcast, but when De'Aaron obviously missed the free throw uh, in Minnesota and then got the putback, it was it was uh, it was reminiscent of that. It was just on we were on the other side. Those games, I, I said to Doug the other day. I think those games, Doug Christie, that they happen about once a they decade, drop. and they happen twice for the Kings, positively and negatively, in a year. Uh, it's just bizarre. That was one. I'm glad fans weren't there, I guess. But I don't even it know how they would have reacted. Like they, I think they would have been a stunned at the stunned silence and then probably booing after that because of like, what happened? Well, the reaction to the Brooklyn game a couple of years ago, I, I remember that too. I think you were in the tunnel, Chris. Yeah. Jason, you obviously were on the call uh, with G-Man. And then uh, I was in Section 115. I'd just gotten off work. And an usher told me, oh, like it's all right. We'll, we'll still up by 18 with seven minutes left or whatever. Mm. And I was, it just – there, it just kind of like that little kind of you feel the buzz growing, and I could feel that kind of same disgruntled buzz growing yeah. with the Charlotte game, even though there was no fans in the building, and I wasn't even there. You were you guys were in the building for yeah. that one, but it just you could feel it coming. Like I I didn't feel like the game was over, and the big play uh, we talked about just a second ago before we started recording was uh, the Harrison Barnes dunk. That was kind of like the the exclamation point. Like okay. There's a nice W. The Kings needed that one. It's really like two wins in a row. Great. And uh, no, just didn't did not. From happen. there, just completely spiraled. Uh, yeah, Jason, I want to ask you because you've you know you've worked with the Kings for so long. You've seen so many great games and so many terrible games. Like what what really sticks out in terms of like games? Pretty much like we've just been talking about, like games that you'll just never forget from from. A negative uh, aspect or a positive or both? Both. I mean, okay. both from like it a, happens on both. Exactly. Honestly. And I mean, like you said, there's it seems like all the time things that happen once in a decade will happen three times in a season for the Kings. Yeah. Well, what's what'll be a common thing for a lot of people? Like, pick an 82 game schedule in a regular season. There'll be a game in March, and it'll be a great game in that moment. A lot of people are like that was one of the greatest games I've ever seen. It's forgotten. Yeah. It's forgotten. The games that have really staying power are something that's unique. That we all could probably name. I mean, there's been thousands of Kings games, but Tyreek's game winner. It's yeah. rare, a unique shot. Exactly. The uh, De'Aaron game winner basically in Minnesota last year, when the amount of time they were down, or the amount of time that was left and how many points they were down was really rare. The 35-point comeback in Chicago yeah. was a huge one for me. These That's are regular one. season games. Postseason, when it means way more, like they'll never, that doesn't go away. But yeah. um, 
it's hard to not take the moment and think it's the biggest thing for a couple days, but then a lot of this stuff goes away. But Brooklyn, you guys talked about that one already from a couple years ago. And this one is just, you know, the Kings will have a ton more losses this year, but this one is one that you can always look at every game like, oh, if this happened, if this happened, that was a gift that they gave up. And it should have, there was about 10 things that happened in the final two minutes, maybe a minute and a half. And if one of them is different, just one, they win. So that's what was so puzzling and probably memorable about it. Yeah. Well, from a, like a positive aspect then, like what, like over the past years or even the past, I don't know, even here for, again, I made a joke a while ago. I'm, I'm 26. Chris is almost 26. So if mm. you want to know how long, I'm too. if you want to know how long you've been here, how long you've been here, you can look at a, uh, look at Chris or myself. Jason is a young man in life. They want to make that a point. You're a young yeah. man in life, but which like game sticks out to you? Like is like at the top of that like list, like what, like those tier of games where it's, Sort of memorable or never forget, like which one sticks out to you the most? I mean, obviously there's the Bibby shot and whatnot, mm-hmm. but any other like kind of deep cuts or are those the ones that stick out the most, like the playoff moments? I think for me, it's got to be some sort of outlier when some sort of individual did something spectacular. So, um, you know, when you have a guy go for a big number, and the Kings really haven't had too many of those individually. Um, to see, you know, Buddy's had some 40 point games, Fox here recently has done it, but it's. Cousins fifty six was was pretty spectacular against Charlotte as well, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> One of our um, favorites. Funny enough, that um, you had a fifty five, I think, against the Blazers that he had, where he was booted and came running. <laughs> like those kind of things stick with you. I mentioned the Bulls comeback, um, but more of them for me are honestly probably playoff playoff memories that just. I hope we have some more of those sometime. Yeah, I mean, it's we're only, all desperate for them. It's only almost been two decades, so that's all. Who's counting? Nah, no one. Yeah. No, not Kings fans. I'll tell you, no, no. one on. No. They're all patient. Yeah, no one yeah. on Twitter or Facebook is counting how many years we have them in the playoffs. Uh. Everyone seems pretty content with it. But um, speaking of unremarkable games that kind of will be lost and forgotten in the shuffle, the Laker game from a couple days ago. My goodness, probably one of those games where not pretty, not great. Kings needed to get another win, but um, do you guys have any things you want to take away from that game that kind of stick out or? I was really frustrated watching that. I, I thought, you know, you know, you watch the game as for what it is. I think it was a competitive, fun basketball game. I don't have any issues with the way it was played. But just from, you know, knowing all of the outlying circumstances, I just think that's a game that the Kings shouldn't have made that difficult. Like, the Lakers were so depleted. Both teams, I think, were coming off back-to-backs. Um, it, I don't know. It just, it just felt like... You know, and obviously the Kings aren't world beaters, and the Lakers are the second best team in the Western Conference right now, um, and have great defense. And, and it's just, I don't know. I, I just expected a better effort. Yeah, I, I think or not necessarily effort, but just I expected an a better easy, result. a stress-free win. Yes. it wasn't. It, was it not wasn't. At all. I, I think I always look at things. I generally lean more positive or glass half full. So on the positive side, I would say that I like that they had to go through what they did at the end because we just talked about the Charlotte game where they made 10 mistakes. Well, they had to make free throws at the end of the Laker game. Harrison Barnes steps up and makes two. You have to get a stop. Though Kuzma got a look, technically they got a stop. So those I appreciated. But like you said, Chris, that game, it's not that I. it shouldn't have been close. I think when you let other pro athletes get an opportunity, and that's what the Lakers had. So here's Kuzma good player he's better with LeBron but now all of a sudden it's my night and Schroeder it's my night Harrell it's my night that team jumped on the Kings and was up 14 and what hit me was before the game Frank Vogel spoke he said you know the last time we played without AD and LeBron was a year ago in OKC and we led by 30 at the half and he goes and I reminded Dennis Schroeder of that because Schroeder was on the team and you just go 
obviously we all know it's possible, but sometimes it's giving a team a chance. And then as the game's going, I'm like, are the Kings going to be down 30 to this Laker team at the half? I mean, it was 14, and then the Kings kind of got in, and it was a game the rest of the way. But I feel like that's the team, if you punch first, they're depleted, second out of a back-to-back. They're thinking all-star break. They don't have their best players. You don't end the game in the first half, but you can take their will away. And the fact that it was a game, I didn't like that. I like what they had to go through at the end. But um, I look at the reverse. Had they lost, it would have been a really bad loss. Yeah. It's important to win. Wish it would have been easier, but they did win. Yeah, it's it's funny how like there are really a couple of bounces here or there. One more shot, one more thing going right or wrong for the Kings or the Lakers away from if they win that Charlotte game and they come out against the Lakers, that's two out of the last three, including last night. And then you can make the same case when we get to last night's game in a moment in Portland. But uh, it's not like the games over the nine-game losing streak where they just looked horrible. Like, they don't look great, but they're playing competitive games and they're playing close games. And they're just not executing on some of these plays down the stretch. And against the Laker game, like you said, free throws got knocked down. Harrison Barnes had a great game. He, he closed that game out with De'Aaron Fox fouling out, too. We I was wondering... Mm. On that last play, you know that play where Barnes scored that bucket. I'm like, who's going to step up here? Because Buddy's not really a guy who you expect to create offense on his own. It's kind of tough for him when you give him the ball and say, "Okay, can you clear out and, and go score a basket?" But uh, HB shown that ability because he has that big body, just go in there and get right to the rim, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah. So a uh, couple plays here and there in all the last three games can separate the Kings from a three-game winning streak and a three-game losing streak in my mind. But um, here we are, yeah, two. And how how much different do we feel if you know if they if they get that Charlotte win, squeak out the Laker win nonetheless? And I think the effort against the Blazers last night was was commendable. I thought you know they they played really tough, and that's just you know the Blazers are a really good team, and Damian Lillard did what Damian Lillard does. And, you know we can get to that more later, but I just think uh, you know it's it's crazy how a, a couple couple bounces and a couple things don't go your way and you know we just we view the ending of of the uh, of the first half completely different I totally agree because and i'm not trying to give him too many games let's say three and i think we could easily pick three games that yeah. could have flipped easily charlotte obvious one but if you're 17 and 19 at the break it's not great but you're i think you'd be 10th if not like a half game out of 10th You've got a whole second half of the season to go. You did have the most difficult schedule by, you know, by the metrics. So you have a more favorable one in the second half. We know that doesn't mean anything. The nope. Kings. I mean, I like to. Oh right, they played Minnesota three times. I don't know. Do you guys think they're going three and zero against Minnesota? They should, but that doesn't mean anything. So I just three game swing would be totally different for them. They'd be in much better position. But they've made this bed and they got to work their way out of it. Yeah, it's easy to look back at games and, and it's kind of like playing golf too because like everyone's been kind of golfing talking to mac george about it this morning how uh you he's can look obsessed back, yeah he's obsessed he is, like yeah. you, you can look back at a golf game and be like man i would have shot a 95 if like my if that shot wouldn't hit the tree it's like yeah you can always look back at a basketball schedule too and say oh man the kings should have beaten uh the miami Rockets. i mean i think yeah. miami, miami too. game where they just missed free throws which is i mean too that's just been yeah exactly i mean that's it, that right there can can yeah, I can swing Swing so many games. Yeah, and that, that Rockets game on New Year's Eve was one yes. where they, they were rolling at that point. They were playing, I think they were 3-1, and, and and everyone was really excited. And they just let that game go late. And James Harden got a couple calls down the stretch, I know, that he usually gets. But um, same thing with the last couple games. Like, it's just they are not a good basketball team. Like, when you look at their record and, like, at their defense and everything. But they could be in this hunt if a couple more bounces went their way. And that's kind of, like, the frustrating part when you look at the schedule and – those games that they've blown is 
they're close but not close enough. Yeah. I think they always say, like, I don't think the separate, well, the separation between the top teams and the bottom is big, but kind of that other tier, like, that's why I look at the standings right now and the teams the Kings are kind of competing with Memphis, uh, San Antonio. Like, okay. I mean, what's, what is the difference between, they have more wins right now, but do you look at them and go, oh, they're just, like, the Lakers are more talented. There's teams you go, like, they are more talented. Yeah. I don't see a big difference between the Kings and the Memphis Grizzlies. I really don't. No, I don't either. I feel the same way about you know the Pelicans and right. You know, put put all that group all those there, teams. right? Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I, I think uh, it's it's those bounces. I mean, that's yeah. that's the difference between the teams that end up making the playoffs and the teams that don't is is those little things that end up going the right way, and that's why you know coaches and and really great teams will always harp on execution and and just trying to be as you know as perfect as you possibly can because at the end of the day you can't control the greater aspect of things you can just you know try and do the little things right and uh i don't know that's that's definitely been an issue for the kings um and it's it's plagued them yeah and i guess that's why i go back to the laker game and saying if there was a positive they had to go through that again i don't wish that they did with that particular lineup but but they did and they found a way there because a lot of times i mean the kings don't have the stress-free wins they don't really win by 12 or you know hey the last four minutes fox is Fox is on the bench because they've won. That doesn't really happen to them. They're in close games. So they're going to be in that position. And can they figure out in this back half of the season how to win more of the close games than than they were so far? Yeah, they have two wins by 10 points or more, and it's yep. by 10 and 11. So it, Right, but there's it, no cruising 25. Like It's just their night. Because even they've had nights like they just the other night where they shot 60% against mm-hmm. the Lakers, season best. It was a one-possession game. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, as far as differences go and everything uh, – I mean, one noteworthy thing that could have helped or one noteworthy person is, is Tyrese Halliburton because if you put him in any of those last three games, maybe they didn't win by 10-plus or 15 or 20 and, and De'Aaron's on the bench in the fourth, but uh, I do think there's a good chance maybe we're being biased or I'm being biased, but I do think that they don't blow the Charlotte game with a player like that off the bench because their bench scoring, they've been outscored every night from a bench standpoint. They, they got out, they've been outscored like 70-21, to 21, I think, before – uh, last night's same game against Portland, I haven't added those numbers up yet. But I do know that the Lakers bench, Montrez Harrell, of course, he terrorizes the Kings. And then uh, Charlotte, P.J. Washington, and those guys, it, it just – we don't have our bench presence right now, and our bench presence is one person. It's Tyrese Halliburton. That's the problem. Like, it's the problem that when he misses I, – I, I honestly feel like if I were coach of the Kings and I know I couldn't get away with this, I would probably play six players. The starting five and Tyrese Halliburton. Now, in other extreme moments, you know, when Whiteside's healthy, like he's a big and get some rebounds. Kojo can do some things. I probably would play Belly a little bit yeah. more too. But, but really, the guys you're counting on are the starting five and Halliburton, yep. and that's a problem when it's when when they're all there. I think that's the best version of the team. But can you play them all thirty-five to forty every night and expect to not have bumps in the road? And then when one is out. We saw it when uh, Holmes was out for a game, when mm-hmm. Fox missed a game, Bagley missed a couple, and now Halliburton, they're not whole, and they just don't have as much room for error. So I think the best version of them is the top six, but that's asking a lot of those guys. Yeah, it really is. And it's also interesting when you look at what is this team without Tyrese, and it's a team, it's the same, the same exact, team as it's the is, same team yeah. that, that Vladi Divac, you know, uh, he he built over the last couple of years. It's last night, Bagley, Barnes, Holmes, Fox, Heald, Belly, Joseph, and Jeffries. Those are all guys that have been here for the last two, three 
won like in Jeffries last year was his first year, but uh, those are the same guys. Like it's it's no different than last year's team, and uh, that's why a lot of the conversations right now, which have come out with uh, Sam Amick's article about Luke Walton's job security and and uh, the fate of Nemanja Bielitsa, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald. It's just how much how much are we expecting because it's the same exact team. Like we're we really expecting much different is like, is like the question I'm asking. Like, did you guys expect them to be a playoff team this year? Cause I think a lot of people are very upset and angry and it's like, well, sure. It's okay to be frustrated and, and angry, but we didn't go out and swing for the fences and, and bring in anybody big. That's going to make that general difference. Like we have the same exact roster as last year, plus a couple young guys, rookies. So people that are in an uproar right now about changes and change yeah. that, I mean, it's the same exact thing. We're actually in a better spot at the All-Star break this year than we were last year. Surprisingly. Yeah, I feel like it's – and I don't know what you guys think. I feel like what Luke said the other day was pretty accurate. They're not as good as that 7-1 and one run, mm-hmm. and they're certainly not as bad as that losing yeah. – Nine straight. Nine straight. Definitely. So, but what does that mean? And, and I think people would look at the standings and go, they're out of it. They're not. No. And so it's all – if they have another nine-game losing streak, they're out of it. But – and you don't have to necessarily be world beaters in the second half, but if they're even in the position they are now and you get to two weeks to go, you're in the race to even get to 10th. So I think that's fair to expect to that. I mean, with 10 of 15 teams, you need to be in the race. So I think that's a fair expectation. I don't know that I would predict them to do it, but they're in the race by definite, and not even just by definition, not even saying, hey, they're not mathematically out, but they're not in a position where they're buried but a good week, they're they're right back in it. Yeah. So that's how fragile it is, and I think that's fair to expect. Um, and just more growth, I think, for this season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Chris, is the standings up over there. I mean, they're four out. I four believe. games out. Four of games eight? out of the tenth. Or out of the tenth. Ten. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, they are six games out of the uh, five games. That's out of thirty-five the eight. games left, though. Yeah. Yeah. And I think where I feel different about this year than last year, one of the teams that was behind them a year ago was Portland. And I think everybody felt that Portland was better than them. Like they're coming. Yeah. And this year, n- nobody behind them, you know, obviously they can get hot. I'm Houston's in a big-time hurt. And Lost Minis- 13 straight for Houston. Yeah. Minnesota's, yeah, got a Minnesota's bunch of probably literally too far behind unless they had yeah. some – like they would have to flip – what are they, 7 and 20? They'd have to 7 go and like, 29. Okay, they'd have to go the exact opposite. Like Delo's hurt too. Delo's yeah. out till I think the end of the month, and it's, they're not uh, capable of winning no. twenty five games in the second half. So then you're looking at, and I think the Kings are still on the periphery here. But the fact that the teams, you know, that are there, like we said, Memphis, New Orleans, they've played and they play them all and can win tiebreakers, like little things like that. They play Memphis two more times. They play New Orleans one more to break that tie. Um, have all three with the Spurs. Have all three with Minnesota. Um, you know, I don't like that they have all three with the Jazz. But no, I don't like that either. But yeah. it, it, it cancels out if you look at it that way. I mean, yeah, you can assume. I mean, assume hopefully you come out of that five hundred. But the games come back from the break. They're they're facing Houston on a thirteen game losing streak, which that's really going to just blow the lid off if they lose that one because that would be. Uh, Houston's Though I think timing is everything, and Christian Wood will be back, and they're obviously much better. With yeah, that's him, how it works. Yeah. That's how it works. That's always how it works. And uh, Houston, Atlanta, Charlotte, Washington, out of the break, I would. Say that's a preferable schedule opposed to playing like Boston, right. Philly, Lakers, yeah. or Utah. Or, yeah. yeah, Utah. But uh, no, all it takes is a three-game winning streak or four or five, and one of those teams above them lose two or three, and they're within arm's reach. So and or trades or moves or what might happen in the next couple of weeks. Yep, inner trades, which uh, 
It's a good transition. Yeah, we'll talk. We can uh, take a little break and then we'll we'll talk about that on where the do other we side. go? Where do we go? I don't know. We'll just take a walk or something. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Hey, walk. I have a question as we go to break. Sure. Who's more obsessed? This is probably more for Frankie because Chris and I okay. are involved in this. Who's nice. more obsessed, Matt George with golf or Chris and I with cards? Because I'm pretty obsessed. Well, <laughs> see, Matt is po- Matt. He's pretty outspoken about it. I mean, Jason wrote an article about it, and, and Chris even pretty yeah. mom about it on on your forums and socials. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I, I got just, some. Th- I, I got put some, this out there, I, and I, I shouldn't have. No, no, okay. I think everyone I got some things coming today that I'm picking up. That, oh, yeah. see, things are coming. Yeah. Some things in the yeah, works. So. No, I my answer. <laughs> I think Matt is still ahead right now because he okay. he is. I think he is definitely a golf fanatic right now, and. Uh, don't you, underestimate you guys, our obsession. You guys need to pick it up yeah. a little bit. I know. I know you went <laughs> oh, to a I card will. shop. I know you went to a card shop, and I know Chris has some things in the works. But let's see it. Okay. Let's see it. All right. All right. Yeah. Let's go to break. So, with the second half of the season, um, will likely be a new Sacramento Kings team. Uh, there have been rumors galore swir- swirling uh, as of late about who the Kings will trade, will they make trades. Um, it seems that Nemanja Bielitsa is, is more than likely out the door. Um, there's a lot of people who, uh, who've who heard uh, interest in Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, uh, and I just want to know what, what you guys, uh, how you guys feeling about that? What do you, what, do you, what, who would you like to see? Not like, like, to see, like but... who is more likely to be in a Kings jersey yeah, when we come so, back? Yeah. Well, not from the break, but March 26th, Harrison Barnes or Buddy Heald. I can already assume Nemanibulitz is probably not going to be here, yeah. whether it's a buyout or a trade. But Jason, do you think Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, or both, which one is more likely to be in a Kings jersey? After the deadline, I think that one's tricky because of this. I, I think there's probably more desire around the league right now to get Harrison Barnes. I think there's probably less desire to trade him. So, and what I mean by that is nobody on this team should be untouchable. I would trade anybody because you're trying to get better. And Harrison Barnes, if you get better, I would do that. And not in a you got better today per se because. Harrison Barnes, I, I think it would be hard to get the equivalent back for Harrison Barnes. Like the rumor right now is Boston. I'm sure they're interested. They'd want a veteran like that. You're talking about probably some of their young pieces, younger bench pieces that they don't really play. So you're you're taking a risk. And um, I'm I'm more into this team with a known quantity, and the known quantity is Barnes, who, if we always talk about culture, I can't imagine a player fitting that better than him. He's a veteran. It's paid a lot, but a lot of times when you're paid a lot, Hey, I'm the man. I get all the shots. He's not that way. He's teaching everybody how to play, how to be a pro, how to be there every night. The Kings, for years, pretty much since Ron Artest, Rudy Gay, that's it. Couldn't field a consistent, durable, reliable small forward. He's not the best in the league. He's not the worst. He's not a problem for the team. If it gets you better, I would do it, but I don't know... I think you're just taking a risk on what the return would be because it's likely a picks and or Aaron Neesmith. Yeah, who might mm-hmm. be great. But Kings, obviously when they drafted Jimmer, they thought he would be great. When they drafted I mean, the stuff we can make fun of him forever, you do that because you think those players are going to be great. We already know that Barnes, and he's also playing really well mm-hmm. as a King. You can, He guards Durant, he guards LeBron, he guards all the best wings on the other team. That's not an easy job. 
And I don't know that I would be searching to do that, but if I felt like that was the right move and it made the team better, I'm all in for it. I just think that one, specifically with Boston, now I'm looking like, hey, Marcus Smart. Oh, no, we don't want to trade him. Well, you know, I want to trade Barnes. Like, you don't have to do it. Um, Whereas Buddy, I feel like there's probably harder to deal with him based on his contract, based on his performance this year. Like, Barnes is having one of his best seasons ever. And I don't know what the anxiousness is to get rid of it just because it's, oh, we got to do something different. They're not winning enough. Well, I don't think you'd, I think you would regress. And if you're regressing for short term, for long term gain, that's fine. But Buddy, I would be the one that I would think I would look at more. I just, that one, I don't know what kind of returns coming there either. Um, the realistic ones, I think Belly definitely will be on another team. I think you can even look at Kojo, Whiteside, but you're getting very small things yeah. in return. So they're in a little bit of a tricky spot. Um, because I still think Barnes can be a part of what they're doing going forward. It's just, do they want that? Yeah, he, he's only 28 years old, and, and his contract is, is declining each yeah. year. And, and He's having uh, a good year. Yeah. Best year it, it, of the, his career, The best I'd year of his career, like arguably the best year of his career. He's career highs in field goal percentage, three-point field goal percentage, uh, rebounds and assists per game, and he's doing it on efficiency. Like, he's just efficiency everywhere, and he's playing defense. So who can we plug in? If he's gone, I think Chris and I talked about this in a week or two weeks ago. But Daquan Jeffries is—I think he's got promise, but he's—you can't roll. It would him be out a drop there. off, mm-hmm. big drop. Starting yeah. small forward for half a season—that's going to be pretty, it's be pretty tough, like right. learning curve. And people are very, very high on on Robert Woodard, and I am excited for the prospect of him too coming to the team and playing. But he's not a starting small. We saw it with Justin Jackson; he came in the league. Right, different players, of course, but rolling out a guy to be a starting forward with zero experience in the NBA. Just to fill the spot. Where Barnes, you can pencil him in, put him in for 42 minutes if you need to, 30. He'll do whatever you ask. I mean, he was a McDonald's All-American, national, great player, lottery pick. He's an NBA champion. He's got flaws, too. He's not perfect. But on the list of issues with the Kings, he's not that high on that list for me. Now, again, if you flip him to something that you we all go, that makes a lot of sense. And I don't know what that is, but like when, when people mention Boston, I hear Langford, I hear Naismith, and like Marcus Smart, like get yeah. a tangible, which Something. they wouldn't want to trade. I get it. So you don't have to make the deal. Barnes isn't an issue. And, and he's going down contract for you as well. So like if he stays here, still gives you some more wiggle room going forward. Yeah, I'm not quite sure I understand the, the Boston rumor. I just don't really know what Harrison really brings for them that puts them over the top and like you're saying I just don't know why the Kings would necessarily want a first round pick and a, Romeo a very unproven rookie. Right. Yeah, I mean Might Romeo Lang yeah, but, but I mean but we're, he's got to not be playing for the Celtics for a reason. Right. Yeah, Other, he doesn't on that he, team that struggled and had yeah. guys out. I mean, yeah, Peyton Pritchard was the end of the first round and right. he got in almost game 1. Um you know, yeah. I, I just like you're saying I, I think I would much rather take an established I know what this is piece. Um, especially for Harrison, you know, yeah. someone who's playing the best of his career, and I think uh, his value is as high as it's going to be. In, um, Which means basically just keeping him. Yeah. Like, if no one's forcing him to make that move, and I know that the, the he still has another money. year as well, correct? He has two more years yeah. after yeah. this year. Yeah. So, I mean, again, that gets him to what, 30? He'll be 30 years old and be a free agent. And if he times out, or if you, like, oh, you know what, you've been a great pro, we're, we're better now, Gave here's another two year deal or something. Like, you're not. He's not getting another monster thing like he has now, but this was his big payday, right? And, and he's he's yeah. played well. Like I mean, it's again, I just look at it and go reliable, durable, 
uh, great, like, I mean, again, I go to the word culture, which is what they seemingly want. I would put his picture up. Like, yeah, he's not the fiery leader, but by showing up every day, doing his job, sometimes he gets a little emotional, but he's there. And I think he's a valuable lesson for Halliburton, for Fox, for Bagley. And, um, but again, I don't want to get misconstrued. Like, if, if there's a right move and yeah. you want, like, hey, there's this young player we want, but we have to get this other contract on there, go for it. Yeah, like a John Collins. Like, or Aaron, I've seen, like, those John Collins or Aaron Gordon. Those, mm. like, maybe they aren't names or players the Kings need, but they're better than the names I'm, I'm I feel seeing. better about that. And it's just, yeah, like, you said it perfectly. What veteran is, is supposed to, like, be that kind of presence on this team going forward? Because De'Aaron Fox is 23, Marvin Bagley is almost 22, Tyrese just turned 21. Uh, who's going to be that veteran buddy? Is If Buddy sticks around and Harrison gets traded, is it going to be Buddy? I mean, no. not a knock on Buddy, but I don't think he's that kind of guy the Kings need. Harrison Barnes is that textbook leader and textbook veteran. And again, he's only 28 years old. Like He'll be 29 in May, but the guy... He's like he's in his prime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you've got him. And yep. it's not like... It's not a terror. Like, he's playing closer to the value of his contract. I think that's... You know, we all know the numbers, and that's what people get. And they're like, is he really worth that? Well... That's what you're worth what you get paid, and I don't feel like he's not supporting that number right now. I agree. I definitely would not say we're overpaying for Harrison Barnes at all. And no. I think there's there are plenty of players in this league that you will complain about how much you are paying them. And if I just I don't think Harrison Barnes yeah. is even close to being one of them. No, that narrative was so loud last year or the summer they signed him, like, wow, the Kings like Kings are being the Kings again. It's like, okay, how many other small forwards can come in and and do what Harrison Barnes does because he is not, like you said, Rudy Gay and Ron Artest since Peja. He's not going to be easy to replace. It wasn't easy getting a player like him in the first place. Yeah. So, Plus, if the thought, and I'm sure some of the thought in Monty's camp is you, you got to reduce some salaries somewhere. If you just on that premise, I would be more open to do a flyer on Buddy because you do have the replacement in Halliburton. Mm-hmm. And so then if you're taking a move with Buddy where you're like, well, we're going to take a chance on a future pick and two young guys from Team X. We don't know if they're going to be something, but now we've freed up some money. We've got some guys we'll kick the tires on. We've got a future pick. And now we're, we still have Barnes, still have Bagley, still have Halliburton, still have Fox, an offseason with some money. That's probably the road I would go, but I'm not a GM. What do you think about of the possibility, and you mentioned uh, how Buddy's values probably not as high as it should be just right. because of his performance this season. If maybe the Kings pair him with – you know, we saw Marvin Bagley's name maybe thrown around today, or um, I've even thought, and I know Kings fans don't want to hear this, but when is Rashawn Holmes' value ever going to be as high as it is right now? And um, I, just, I don't know. I would. Do you think the Kings might consider doing something like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you would have to know. And how much more does that sweeten the pot for? Yeah, for I think team? I think it would for sure because it, let's take Holmes. That's a good example, Chris. Where. I got to believe they they somewhat know now what his price would be, and I don't know that we know these numbers, but mm-hmm. if they're comfortable with that price, then they probably want to resign him. If they're not right now, then you've already made it. It's kind of like the bogey situation where, in the end, that's when Monty entered. They didn't he didn't have the chance to make sure unrestricted restricted, but he still tried to make a move that I wish they were able to do and have Divincenzo here. But if you think. The price tag, I'll just throw out ten per, and he gets a four year forty. I've million. seen four fifty floated. Like okay, I can't so was it twelve and a half? I can't. I think the mm-hmm. most they can get was four fifty. I think there's like some kind of restriction okay. at the check, but some of the Kings Herald guys put out. I believe, don't quote me on it, but it's around that four forty eight, four fifty range. So if that's 
in Monty's mind too rich for his blood, then I think you've made that you can make that decision mm-hmm. now and say, all right, well, who might need another big? Who uh, can they take, Buddy? What else does that get us? Because two contracts now, you're actually going to get a pretty decent player back. Um, I think that's something they have to figure out. But if they're interested in in Holmes, I don't know if he's the one I'd attach to it. But it just depends. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I don't think, like same thing with Harrison Barnes. How easy will it be to to replace or replicate that kind of production or get anywhere near it? Rashawn Holmes has been the best center the Kings have had uh, in the sack era, in my opinion. There's Brad Miller, Demarcus Cousins, and then uh, Rashawn has been Vladdy, of course. But yeah. Rashawn is up in that that tier. He's been he's played great basketball. You look at the kind of numbers that Vladdy and and Rashawn do. I mean, Vladdy was a better passer, but Rashawn is arguably the most efficient scorer in the league as far as field goal percentage goes. Yeah, that was the word I was going to use, and I don't I don't think anyone really keeps track of this, but. I, I feel like Rashawn is maybe the most efficient player I've ever seen. I mm. mean, just the, the amount of impact that he's able to have with the limited touches he has and just kind of, I mean, he's not, he's never going to be, you know, a top three player on your team. And he's okay with that. And he knows that. And he he's still, it's not going to stop. Like he's, it's not going to stop him from trying to uh, produce like that. And then um, it ends up being, you know, you, if you ask right now, I would say Rashawn has probably been well, a top three player on the Kings this season. Like we said about Harrison, like as far as their value, how high is it will ever be higher? Rashawn Holmes' value has never been higher right. ever. He's averaging career highs in 13, uh, 13 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, 1.7 assists, uh, a block and a half. Those are all career highs. And he's doing it with, I think he's either top two or top three in the league in field goal percentage. Sixty-five percent. So, and he's uh, currently on a bargain contract. Mm-hmm. And let's not like forget free throw shooting's been a total Achilles heel for the Kings. Oh yeah. And somehow he's eighty percent. He's probably in the top three. I'd have to check, but uh, he's arguably the second or third most valuable player on the Kings right now, behind De'Aaron and Tyrese. It, it's it's really well, Harrison too. You can make a case, but uh, Rashawn is very important to the Kings. And does it sweeten the pot in a deal? Possibly, yeah. But also. They might want to keep him around. He's only 27 years old. They could easily keep him till his age 30 season as well, like they want to do with HB. But um, Monty is going to be very – I don't know. That's the thing. I was going to try to think of a word to describe him, but we haven't even seen him yeah. make a trade or a real signing. Like He only signed Hassan and Glenn Robinson and like Frank Kaminsky to those training camp non-guaranteed league minimum deals. We haven't seen him make a trade before. We haven't seen how he operates – uh, a true free agency and signing people to real long-term deals uh, for big money or even like moderate money. So it'll be really interesting to see like what is he going to do with this roster. I mean, just a guess here on on not necessarily the roster, but maybe a philosophy. I know he had said before, like he wants to be able to have the flexibility to strike when that move is there. And I don't know what that move is, but if we look at a team parallel, maybe in the league similar to the Kings, ten-year drought for the Suns, they kind of built around Bridges, Aiton, and Booker. That's kind of their their pieces, and then bang, here they strike and get Chris Paul, and all of a sudden they're probably hosting a first round series. They went from missing for ten years. Paul makes a huge difference. The one thing that's interesting about that is they have to decide, like they might be able to add more and kind of go for it like immediately because Chris Paul doesn't have a, a five year window; he has a couple year window. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see the Kings wanting to do that. We know they seemingly want to build around Fox and Halliburton. I think Bagley too. And then what's that? What's that jolt that makes that group that's good but uh, definable like Chris Paul? And a lot of times it's a point guard that does that. Fox is already your point, and so mm-hmm. is Halliburton can play there. So could that be a wing or a big that has experience, that has been on playoff teams, makes teams better? Um, 
And, and the only name I could, and it's not the only name, but I saw him as a free agent, and it's not a lot of sizzle to a lot of people, but he's good, and I think he's underappreciated. Would be like a guy like Demar Derozan, like mm. if he came in, like and he was your two, and could play some three. Everywhere he's gone, they they've been playoff teams. There's not a lot of sexiness and sizzle there, but he's been an All Star multiple times near the end of his career, but still not at that very very end. But I, I'm sure there's other guys like that, but I feel like that's a kind of move. That he would want to do, I don't know if it's DeRozan, but like a bang. No, I, I like I got that one, somebody. though. Yeah, oh, and that's, that's a, sorry, no, that's a very Kings-level guy to get, because I'm or to shoot for, at least, mm-hmm. because, you know, like, DeMar DeRozan is... It's not Kawhi. You know, it's when, not. Yeah, when you were... I thought you were going to say someone like a Paul George or something, which, you know, obviously, that would be amazing to have a player of his, his caliber. But, yeah, I think DeMar DeRozan is somebody who, you know, is, is undervalued, like you're saying, and... and I don't. Yeah, I don't think Demar necessarily is the perfect person for it, right. but I, I think uh, that kind of move. It'll. I, I would love to see that. Yeah, but a culture guy, a winner, a name, or like wow, Sacramento, like made kind of go under the radar. For, it'd be huge here as far as mm-hmm. like, hey, the Kings did what? Yeah. But as you go along, man, they got a lot better with a guy like that or whoever it else might be that's got experience, that's been on winning teams. That would help elevate this team, and is, is I think what he would like to do. It's kind of like equivalent to like the Rudy Gay trade, like that kind of same. Like, wow, it's a guy that he's a scorer, and he came from the Grizzlies teams. That was really cool. Like, cool. Not like we should get Rudy Gay, like twenty thirteen Rudy Gay again. We we saw how that worked out, but um, a player with that kind of notoriety and that kind of presence. Where I said before we started recording, uh, the Kings, he one of those guys that can like knock down, just knock down those shots because De'Aaron can show. He has that ability to take over. He doesn't always have that ability, though. He doesn't do it all the time. But yeah. in the fourth quarter, you see him just, boom, something snaps, and he goes into it. Yeah. So Jimmy it, Butler to Miami, like that. Chris Paul to Feen, like just Jimmy Butler did the same thing with the uh, teams. Yeah, with Minnesota. the Timberwolves teams. Right, I mean, like, they had similar. I think it might have been a 12, 13 year drought with yeah. Minnesota. Wiggins and, and Towns. showed up in one year. Yeah. and and made a difference. Turned him. Obviously left too. Yeah. But, but I. There's not a lot of those guys, but can you find that guy at the right time? Mm-hmm. Um, or even early, like I mean, I think Zach Levine would have been great for the Kings. Yeah. A lot and of people were like, oh, "What are they doing? They have Buddy Heald." I cannot believe people still like will look back and try to defend like their take on it was the right move for them to like pass him up. Why? How? Right. He's an All Star and he's one of the best players, offensive yeah. players in the entire league right now. He's he's his thirty point per game threat every night. Yeah. He is athletic. He's leading the league in fourth quarter points still. Yeah. He recovered from that injury, which people tried to use that as like the reason why not to get him. It's like people are coming back from those injuries now better than they ever have before due yeah. to technology and advances in medicine and whatnot. And people really tried to defend that. They made the right move. Like we, it's, he, He's Buddy Heald. Right. Get the best players. Like this year, if, if, when the Kings draft, wherever they are going to end up, if it's lottery, if they make the playoffs and they're picking middle, of, wherever they are, and – if the best on the board is another guard, when you've got, if they say they don't make any moves and you still have Buddy, you still have Halliburton, you still have Fox, take the guard. Take the best player. Sort it out. I mean, you could argue like Halliburton and Fox, why would you take a, that's kind of, if that was one of the reasons to not take Luka, that was a mistake. Right? I mean, uh, the example I used to give years ago, you have Kobe Bryant. Oh, and Dwayne Wade's there. Draft Dwayne Wade. Figure it out. Put those two together. Mm-hmm. Move one of them. Like, you have the asset as opposed to, well, we need a big, and then you got a big that's out of the league in two years. Like, that's the mistake. Get the best players you possibly can. Definitely. And that was what Monty said after he drafted Tyrese. They yeah. were like, why are you drafting a guard when you have Buddy Heald? And, and Glad he Fox. did. Yep. And he's like, he said, I'm always going to pick the best player available. And it's that, perfect. And that's exactly what I want. Yeah. So, um, no. 
it's good, good stuff right there. Yeah, I like it. Uh, should we move on to awards yeah. now? Let's wrap it up with yeah. uh, some We're going to do some, Jason's uh, first ever. Ooh, do yes. I get an award? You do. You do. What? Uh, As the first one uh, to give out an award yeah, besides first. you guys? Best card gatherer in Sacramento. Yes. Uh, oh. Chris is getting some stuff, though. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> I'm Jay not even secret. the best thing, but I'm not going to lie. Jay's collection was... That Jay, was nice. Yeah, Jay Mars' really nice. collection was very nice. Yeah. I'm not, you guys have to teach me. I, 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 I have old binders, but like, I haven't gotten any like, new packs of cards in like you, 10 years. You've already done it. You yeah. already know how to do I it. Yes, they're all stowed away. But uh, So yeah, we're going to do uh, first half of the season awards. We're yeah. not just going to do uh, weekly... Uh, giving it uh, to someone on the week. I can't give a Coke machine out? You will. No, you're going to okay. give a Coke machine. It's so a, we're going to do a King. It's an enhanced Coke machine. Yeah, it's an okay. enhanced Coke. Coke Zero machine. It's like, uh, it's like the Coke machines oh, that where you can pick all the Flavored different. Flavored soda? Yeah. Yep, that kind okay. of Coke machine. Coke, please. Or Cola. Coke, cola. Please. I'm sorry, Cola Please machine. do not come Jeez. after oh us goodness. for copyright. Right. Lawyers, cola machine. I am sorry. Uh, we might need to actually <laughs> change it at some point. So yeah, we're going to do King of the first half and Coke machine of the first half. Cola machine. Cola machine. Cola machine. Yeah, we're going to Soda machine. Man. We're gonna have to yeah. we're gonna have to officially change that. And is this an honor of what George Carl? George and, Carl. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. George Carl's telling uh, Derek Williams, Derek Williams Derek that Williams. even I'm so, he didn't directly say Derek Williams. But, and I wish there was yeah, audio of this because that'd well, be great. Well, the quote, but. the quote, the full quote was I think we've told it a couple times, but I just to keep refreshing was uh, he got seven rebounds I think or five rebounds and it was the most rebounds he had since the Kings got him and and George Carl's like well I mean hell even the Coke machine can go out there and grab a couple <laughs> rebounds so. <laughs> Just like disrespect. I haven't seen that, but I, I really no. I've seen that, but oh, I haven't gotcha. seen a Coke machine get gotcha. seven rebounds. No, I haven't either. I think they're just, always turning it over. Yeah, they always turn it over. Yeah, they're always giving it away. Yeah. Uh, so who wants to start off? I'll Chris? start off. Okay. Uh, I I think uh, king, uh, king of the king of the first half first. King of the first half first. Uh, I think you know there's a couple different nominees: Darren Fox, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Harrison Barnes, Harrison Barnes, Sean Rashawn Holmes. Holmes. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna take the low hanging fruit here. I'm gonna take De'Aaron Fox. I think uh, this season, coming into the season, we heard a lot. I think Corey Joseph, uh, Harrison Barnes said De'Aaron is looking like he's gonna have an All Star season. We saw it. We saw it for a couple weeks there, and then obviously the nine game losing streak happened. It looked like De'Aaron might have you know picked up a couple tiny injuries and whatever it was for whatever reason. Um, it just didn't happen. But I think we definitely saw De'Aaron Fox take an, his game to another level this year. And uh, it's just exciting to see his progression from year to year. Jason, why don't you go next? I mean, if I feel like it's personally between two. It's Fox and Halliburton. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go Halliburton based on this. Um, I didn't see him a lot in college. I didn't watch a lot of college basketball last Weren't year. Weren't on a lot of Iowa State games? I, just on their blogs. Just yeah. mean, mean. Mean messages back to people, <laughs> Cyclone Nation. Yes, um, I just didn't not only know that he would be like this, but how excited I am for what he's going to be. Like he is really, really good. His instincts from the first time I saw the first game, I'm like wow, kind of gets it. But I don't know what that means. I want him to shoot a little more. I don't know what he is. Then it took about three games. Like he's really good. And he's only going to get better. And if you look at flaws, they're so minimal to me. I'd like him to get to the foul line more. He will because he makes those. Um, Shot, if that was a weakness, it's a strength. I mean, it's a strength of his. I think he's got so much swagger and belief in his game. Um, Works hard, has the right attitude. He's just been awesome. And every time, literally every time the Kings play a team that picked higher than them, with maybe now the exception when they played Charlotte, they're happy with Lamella Ball, and they should be. He's good. He's a really good player. 
But I've seen the Knicks a couple times, and nothing wrong with Obi Toppin, but he would help them. The Bulls, as much as we talked about Levine, Kobe White, third guard with them, he'd be awesome. Other teams missed, and the Kings have been on that end way too many times, and they may be on it 10 more times to come, but on this one, they're on the right side, and Halliburton, to me, was way beyond my expectations for the first half. Yeah, the Spurs, too, I was kind of worried about like when the Spurs were drafting, mm-hmm. they were going to take him, because I could definitely see Pop just loving him. But, uh, no, it was tough. You guys both, like... Chris's points and your points. I, I love both Tyrese uh, and Fox, both those picks. And uh, I'm going to go with Tyrese as well, only because of the fact that De'Aaron's played like an all-star this year. And, and he, you know, if there was three more spots on a roster, maybe he would have made it. But um, great, exciting play from him this year. But when it comes down to it, what I've learned the last couple of games without Tyrese is he makes his team just go. Like, you know, we said the same thing about De'Aaron Fox. He makes the team go. But Tyrese really is kind of a difference maker with, with his play lately. And, he also is what makes the team exciting and fun to watch because yeah. they haven't been that fun to watch the last couple – well, not only the last couple of weeks. I know people might say the last couple of years, but uh, he makes them fun to watch. Like He just makes things happen on the floor on both sides. And uh, he, I have not seen a rookie as in my time as a Kings fan uh, with this kind of comfort on both sides. I know Tyreek had a really good rookie year, and uh, De'Aaron kind of came in. He had some exciting moments, but – Tyrese plays like he's been in the league for five years, and it's really exciting to see. So he's my king of the first half. How about I'm, I'm workshopping this in my brain here. De'Aaron makes the Kings competitive, but Tyrese like gives them a legitimate shot to win. I like it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I think so. I don't want to be too dramatic. But... No, but I feel like there's when De'Aaron, De'Aaron like when he got the Player of the Week, like that specific time that the New Orleans game, a few of the other games that they were playing, he was. So good. Like uh, the yeah. other night when they lost to Portland, I think one of the reasons they lost was Dame Lillard. Like literally we'd say the best player was Dame Lillard. Then the, the nights when uh, Fox was really going, the reason they won was Fox. Yeah, I mean that like, New Orleans that game is really the best out. player on the floor. And when the other coaches might go, well, they have De'Aaron Fox and we don't. Hey, the Kings are on, on the right side of that. I think he needs to do that more, Yeah. Um, which is now it's expectations because mm-hmm. you know he can do it. He's that good, and I, I'm glad he's a king too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we can now move on to the funner portion of. Well, it's funner for me. I have a lot of fun doing the Coke right. machine. Week. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a negative person, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, my Coke machine of the week is actually not going to be a player. I know uh, we we dunk on Kojo a lot. Um, it might be one of your guys' is, uh, Coke machine of the week. My Coke machine or of the season. I'm sorry, of the half season. Mine. Uh, I would actually like to point at the front office. I don't want. I don't. I guess I'll point at Monty McNair specifically. I just think a move should have happened by now, and uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily think a move that you know would have switched the season around or anything like that. But I just think uh, there's been so many ups and downs. It's almost there's so many points in which Monty could have entered. Like, all right, you know, the Kings are on a their nice little winning streak. Okay, like maybe. Maybe we want to win. Uh, let me try and get a make a move to make this team a little bit better right now, just Something. to see just to Something. see what what is happen or what what we have here. Uh, see what what it'll do. Uh, the Kings go on a huge losing streak. Nothing. Don't really make. I mean, they wave Glenn Robinson, um, but besides that, you know, we still haven't seen any moves. It's just kind of I, I, I just don't know what he's waiting for. Yeah, crickets. Um, and you know, it's for sure it's impatience. I'm not saying. Monty McNair is a bum, and he's doing nothing, sitting in his office just watching the Kings lose and watching me be upset. But I, I, I just think uh, 
you know, I, I would I would have liked to have seen something by now. If I'm an impatient fan, so be it. Okay, my turn or you, Frankie? You go ahead. Mike or uh, cola or soda cola. machine? Gosh, man, I'm soda terrible. machine of the first half. Redact or, or redacted? Or, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get all the kings, and it's the loss to Charlotte. Like that's unthinkable. You, uh, you just it happened. It shouldn't happen. It's a collective mess. They all did it. Um, there were things in there. There were outs to make free throws. I even think about the play where Marvin got fouled. Um, he threw the ball away. He threw the ball away because he was not comfortable with getting trapped. He threw the ball away. I'm like, what is he? Oh, bailed out. He got fouled. Then he missed both free throws. Um, he, Marvin also took a shot too early after the the uh, Fox flagrant, and they kept the ball. Fox missing free throws. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buddy Spoiled. making one of two. Uh, not defending Barnes. Event. I mean, look, it's all the Barnes fouling a three-point shooter. Collective. Fa- Kojo and, and Holmes on the last drive fouling. Uh, I don't know which one was credited with the foul, but they fouled Monk. It was everybody. It was everybody. So that that loss was was part of it. And you know what? I'll even throw in on this. Let, let's throw a little extra a few cans in there mm-hmm. on uh, the media afterwards, like the Zooms with the coach. <laughs> hey, coach, how you doing? How am I doing? You just had the worst loss of – franchise history or that happened a couple times during the year like kings get dragged by 30 hey coach how are you great i'm great we lost by 30 how are you (laughs) you just ask him the question i don't think uh i mean i haven't asked any questions yet but whenever i do in those media i'll never ask your question i will never no i thought about that before you said that it's funny you say it that way because i never have ever thought i will start any question i ask with hi coach how's it going right like cool. It kind of feels like a nervous thing if I had to guess. I just to get so. something co- out. Yeah, yeah I gotta yeah, go. But you like, can just hi, coach. I mean, how often so, do people call you and are just like, "Hey, Jason. Hey, Doug. How how are you guys? Yeah, a lot how's of, your day? Yeah, but like Sorry. sometimes if it's yeah, that's probably fair. But if like usually it would be all right, Frank Cage to K Frankie, and then it's like yeah, there the open yeah, invitation sure. is there. So, coach, what was with the defense you chose? Whatever your question is, just yeah, just go in. Yeah. No, he'll, and he'll answer it. It won't be like, wow, you didn't ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> He's like, no one cares? Yeah. Good. Thanks yeah. for asking. Kind of uh, a rough day. Yeah. Uh, the cards I wanted were out of stock at the local card <laughs> shop. Right. So. And you guys call me a soda machine. Mike, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, your turn. My uh, redacted slash soda slash cola machine of the first half. It's kind of, kind of a broad one, but uh, I really mean it. And I've been thinking about it a lot the whole first half. Um, it's COVID-19. And strong, strong. It's it's because I'm not going to say that crowd noise or presence translates to wins, but the Sacramento Kings are what they are, like because of their fans, because the fan base, the fan base is what kept them here. The fan base is what keeps it moving year after year. This team loses and loses and and just does gut punch after gut punch. And the fans still packed the house. They packed Arco, Sleep Train, Power Balance Pavilion, you name it. And then now into Golden One and the fact that there's no fans and hasn't been any fans at all this season, you can feel it. We've all been at the games uh, in this circle here, and, and you, the energy's not there. You just don't feel it. I remember in the Chicago game, uh, I think it was a one-point game with about 45 seconds left, and I could just feel like I just I didn't feel any energy. It did not feel like it was a close game to me. I looked up from, from my laptop, and, oh, it's a one-point game with – I I thought it was like a, I don't know it just you you don't feel like that buzz of like the energy in the building everyone's standing up when the big play is about to happen like when De'Aaron's going to bring the ball down it's a tie game with 20 seconds left and you see everyone stand up that energy is not there and and uh, it really has made an impact I think on on some home games this year so and as far as any other sporting event around the entire world like yeah. for the past year but 
Um, things are getting better, it looks like. I'm not sure what the crowd situation is going to be for uh, the NBA in the second half or for California, but I do enjoy seeing that things are getting better numbers-wise, and, and hopefully uh, Kings fans will be back in the building sooner than later. That's strong. I like that choice. Yeah. I like that Thanks. choice a lot. Um, before we wrap things up, uh, me, you've, you've mentioned a couple times me and Jason's obsession about um, cards. I want to give you two a space to freely talk about your Yankees. Um, and give All me, rise. <laughs> give me like two, three minutes on why the Yankees are going to win the World Series this year. Do you want me to start, or do you want to start? <laughs> I, I give you less. Great. Garrett Cole and the bats. I'm wearing a shirt right now. What does it say? Judge and Cole. That's right. Yeah. No, uh, it's baseball is so tricky. I, I do think I love the Yankees, and like as far as the World Series goes, I still think the Dodgers are going to be really tough to beat. Even though I will say it might be a hot take. I've told you this before. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but Trevor Bauer, in my mind – Overhyped, yeah, yeah. They Overpaid. Gave, if you look at his numbers, he had it was a good year. Don't get me wrong; but it was eleven starts. Yeah, a lot of pitchers have had seasons like that over the first eleven starts of the season, and then they toss twenty more, and numbers change. Maybe he would have gone twenty and one. I don't know, but the fact that the Dodgers gave him forty million dollars, and that's why I never wanted the Yankees like to go kick the tires on him or anything. I just, right. I, 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 we've, I've seen him pitch for the Indians before, and and he was great for the Reds. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, he's a good addition in that rotation. In my mind, he's right where he's a three-starter, two-three starter, and uh, they'll be tough to get by. But no, the Yankees, my Yankees, uh, to people who are listening, you probably turned it off at this point because they hate <laughs> the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, I do think they'll be in the ALCS at the very least, and I do think. So you're not afraid of the Ra- or the Rays? Oh, the Rays in general. They've been a problem for the Yankees. They're good. I mean, they the pitching is basically their bullpen kept the Yankees out. The Yankees were good enough to win it all last year. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, Obviously, the the Rays had that great rotation of of Snell, Morton, and one of Rosarena came out of nowhere. Yeah. Rosarena was crazy, yeah. But Stanton, people want to Stanton had a great postseason. They want to brush past. He had the yeah. tied for the most home runs in the history of the Yankees postseason. He tied Bernie Williams and uh, Bernie Williams and A Rod for the most home runs in a postseason, that six guy. home runs. And people want to forget about it because they want to dunk on Giancarlo, and that's fine. But uh, I might have a, a bet with a friend that goes for 10 more years that he has to hit 40 home runs and have 100 RBIs in a season or I owe him $100. So Just one season in the one, 10 years? One season for the rest of his contract. He has to hit 40 home runs and have 100 RBIs. You're fine. Yeah. You think so? Oh, why, yeah. would, why would he make that? He's just injury risk? Like why is Because he's injury prone. And I, look, That's insane. But no, anyways, uh, my prediction for the World Series <laughs> is Dodgers-Yankees. I... I, I Unbiased Yankee fan, I think Dodgers win the World Series again, but I do think the Yankees get there. I like it. Yeah, I'm all in. I'm all in on the Yanks. All rise. All rise. All right. Uh, for Jason Ross, Frankie Hardicelli, I am Chris Watkins. Thank you all for listening. And uh, enjoy the break. Shout out Pfizer. Yes, shout out Pfizer. <laughs> <laughs>